0: Hey, thinking about having a baby? That takes nine months. <laughs> <laughs> let's do something different.
1: <laughs> you're talking about let's
0: R- have a sexy body baby.
1: Yeah. Well, you're talking about the RGB bundle. That's what I'm talking nine about. Nine months of exercise programming, or the Maps Super Bundle, which also includes, on top of that. But I want everything though. Maps Anywhere and Maps Prime. Two of both those bundles have most of our programs. The Super Bundle has all of our programs, and this month only enroll in one of those, and you get. What do you get for free? I think you get everything else for free, No right? BS
2: six-pack abs, nutrition, survival guide, and the fasting guide, and the forum for 50% off all come when you get either one of those.
1: Yep. So for free, no BS six-pack formula, nutrition guide, fasting guide, for free, and the forum for 50% off. It's at mindpumpmedia.com. You're set for the year.
3: If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Mind Pump. With your hosts. Sal Stefano,
1: Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. Dude, you got rid of the mustache. Yeah. Huh? You got rid of the mustache. You know what happened? <laughs> what happened? So I need to buy, because I really enjoy growing uh, facial hair, long, long facial hair. Um, but what happened was, is I have a beard trimmer that I only have like, the short guard on you it. You just
0: go off the rails or what?
1: Well, what ha- I have the short guard, right? So mm. it's not the long guard where I can like gauge it properly. Next time, let me help you, dude. So my, like, I,
0: if you fuck it up, yeah. you yeah, we can help? make some like cool like brick you you me, designs you, in you your face. So you help
1: me. So I go. So my daughter, lightning like, bolts. My daughter's like, "I, hey, Papa, I hate it. it's too long. I hate it. You make it cleaner." Ah, she's like complaining, right? And my daughter's like, "Come on, I'm gonna do whatever she tells me." So I go in the bathroom. And I'm like I'm gonna trim this up. I'm gonna clean it up so that my little girl, she thinks her dad's handsome again. So I go and I fucking because the guard is too short, and I fucking went oh, too man. short on one side. So it was either
0: bro, you gotta tr- like use like scissors.
1: It was either time. go in, go like okay, just deal with it and just have one side shorter than the other, or I had yeah. to just even everything out. And so-, so you don't. Mm. <clears throat> so
2: I when I when I trim like the mustache, I don't actually take a guard to that. Mm-hmm. You take the guard off and actually just line your lip. So you go ahead and let the top hair like continue. Is to grow. it bad that
0: I use nose hair trimmers to do that? To do what nose like,
2: hair? How do you do that,
0: bro? It's like this little. I'll bring it in. It's like this little tiny They're version. Probably actually, of that, right? It probably like, works really good.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh, it's the little—it's the uh, little one. It's yeah. the little uh, buzzer. I have,
2: I have one. I have one of those for my my Buttle. ear, my ear, yeah. my nose. Yeah, those for your I take care of. God, 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 you, you. making could it could sound use it for old that. as fuck now. I never thought I'd ever have to use that shit. You
1: know what? Yeah. You just said something. <laughs> that just, you know, it just reminded me. What? I just noticed this. Not making this up. Like a week ago, dude. I'm looking in the mirror. This is a fucking frightening thing for a man. Now, there's two things that are quite frightening. Three things that are very frightening for a man. White Uh, pubic hair. White pubic hair. Yes. Very fucking terrifying. Lose your hair on your head. That Mm. sucks. Adam will tell you about that. (laughs) (laughs) Or three. Or three. Hair. Growing from your ear? What? Oh, in yeah. your ear. Why? Yeah. Oh, my God. You're I don't like get a wolf it. man. What is going like, on? we
0: evolve into wolf people. But
1: what's the evolutionary fucking advantage of no that
0: shit? Dude, my nose hair grows more than anything else now. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just like this bush that just, like, it just forms, and I start breathing, and you notice it. It's like... <laughs> i like, what in the fuck? And there's just big old tarantulas in there. And I, I get hate rid it. of it. Yeah. yeah. It's
1: stupid. It is. It's stupid. Ah. What do you guys... When is, did this happen? This is a great conversation. What are your guys' like, oh fuck, I'm getting old moments that have happened recently? The hair mm-hmm. thing
2: for sure for me. Yeah. Cause that happened, that all of a sudden accelerated at <laughs> like, yeah. I went through uh, these, uh, these spurts, right? So when we were younger, I have like my two best friends to go all the way back. I talk about them all the time. I would go all the way back since high school. And <clears throat> that of the three of us, my one buddy, like he was thinning in high school. And so it was like. So you the,
1: knew. It was like, oh, yeah. so and
2: you know, imagine we used to tease the fuck out of him. When we we're like, you know, early 20s, just like, oh, you know, the hairline shit all the time. <laughs> fuck. And he just, you know, he chalked it up about, I don't know, 25 or so. Just fuck this, just start shaving it completely, grows his beard out. And he's got the facial hair thing. He's had that since he was 25 or maybe even earlier. <sighs> yeah. Then my other buddy and I, we are cool. We were good, dude. We were solid. You know what I'm saying? Good good hairline, like thick hair, still getting compliments from the hairstylist. Like, man, he got great beautiful hair. Somewhere around like twenty seven, he started to get like this spot on the back of his head. And I remember, dude, like we would all just my boy that was born, I told you motherfuckers, all that teasing it was gonna happen to you sooner or later. And you know, he fought it for a while. And then he just owned it, shaved it also, and so I've been like the last one to go, you know, and I've been fighting it off for a really long time, and I've tried all these different hairstyles to like make it look better, but
1: <laughs> Does it
2: doesn't. Yeah, at the, I'm at the point now where it's like, like
1: it's okay. You got a hat?
2: Yeah, you know, I wear a hat when I sleep now, when I shower, <laughs> yeah, everywhere, <so. laughs> everywhere I go now. So you got a hat? You know, I, I always I get a call ahead for reservations. Like, hey, what's dress code? Can I wear a hat? You okay, know what though? Know. Back we in can the, d- go.
1: Back in the day, they used to have sleeping caps. Yeah. You remember you ever watch cartoons? With I wear sleeping a, cap. Ooh, yeah. yeah. sleeping caps. Yeah, yeah. I feel it's uncomfortable. It was the thing. But
2: every time I look in the mirror and I'm like brushing my teeth, my head's down. I'm, especially in the morning time when my hair's all fucking going different directions, and you just like can see your scalp. You're like, oh my <laughs> god, <laughs> dude. You re- read
1: your own mind. You're yeah. yeah. old. Bro. So that's your getting old moment right there. There's nothing else. Um, I think, in two because like, that happens sometimes when you're young. I mean, yeah, you were in your well, 20s. Well, for me, it, like it was
0: it was mainly like okay, so I was with a, a group of of. Younger people, let's just say, in a car, right, and like they wanted to choose music and like play it, and so I'm like, I'm like riding shotgun, and so I'm like, okay, whatever, cool. And so they started playing music, and it was just like, I just, I noticed like my facial expressions and like my (laughs) eyes like started squinting really hard, and I was just like, oh, like it, like I just couldn't relate at all, and it was too loud. I'm like, oh, is this is this how you guys listen to this?
1: This is too loud. That's it. (laughs) Like what in the fuck? Have you noticed? Even think. Have you noticed that? Shit's too loud now. I, yeah, everything's too loud. It used to never be too loud. Yeah. Nothing was ever too loud for me. I'm like, everything's too loud. And I then you yell loud. at
0: people. Yeah. You know, like if like, like somebody's speeding
2: and just like, hey!
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Meanwhile,
2: you knew you were an asshole, like at 16 years old, fucking mashing around oh donuts in your car and stuff like Dude. that. Oh, I so, hate oh, people that drive like maniacs. I'm like, what the fuck? Katrina had a. Katrina
1: be safe.
2: had old moment just yesterday.
1: So here's like, here's before. mine, and then I'm gonna hear Katrina's, but here's mine. This is something that. I didn't even know it was an old moment until it happened to me. And I was like, oh, fuck. So old people, when they sit down, when they first sit down, this is what they do. I'll show you. Ready? Yeah. Uh, like, like they make oh that yeah. sound. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right? I do that tying my shoes. What the fuck? I mean, I, in the morning, I'm trying to put in my shoes. I'm like.
1: <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so, I, so I did it yesterday, right? I sat down with my kids. And I just went. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, uh, <laughs> and then I thought about it, like my objective, like analytical mind. I'm like, why it's like am when I? When that door hinge gets a squeak, yeah, I'm like, yeah. why am I making that weird that's grunting sound? And it's because it's what it is. Is you're trying to maintain core stability <laughs> when you sit down. Like, you have
0: to consciously do it now. Yeah, and then you good. like
1: let it out. Oh, you, have to, you have to let it let it out slowly so you don't hurt oh, your back. So, so you're just like. Yeah, Yeah. but you're not lifting weights. Oh my god, you're sitting on the couch. Or
0: if if like your your conversation starts to be just based around like what's going on with your body, you know, internally. (laughs) Like I'll start saying something. Like I was just having a normal conversation. All of a sudden, like I had this weird like sound going on in my stomach, and it was going up to my throat.
3: It's like.
0: And my friend just dies. Like, what the fuck was that, dude? I'm like, I don't know, man. <laughs> that's some weird stuff going on. Stuff. That was a new one. Yeah, yeah. that's a new
1: one. Or, <laughs> yeah. or how about this? You're like, taking this new medication. Another one too. That I, this one's rather recently too. Is like, in the morning, a good or bad shit will set the whole day. You know what yeah. I'm saying, like, yeah, like, like people will be like, "Damn, dude, why are you in a bad mood today?" And I'll be like, "I don't know why," and I'll think about it, like, "I didn't have a good shit." <laughs> like, so much stuff yeah. goes wrong. There's a lot of friction. It's on that not one. fair, dude. Yeah, yeah, It's not fair. What happened to Katrina? What was well, that? it was Katrina and I both.
2: So we just this last weekend we went uh, <clears throat> we went shopping. It's been a while since we gone shopping and uh, re cleaned out the closet, upgraded some shit. And it was so funny. Sounds like an R.
0: Kelly song. So we're we're
2: we're out though, right? So we we both you know we both get you know a bunch of new stuff, and then uh, of course you know after you go shopping like that, you you want to wear some of your new shit. So we you know we both are you know in our new fits that we have just purchased, and we go out and I think we're having sushi that night. We're out having dinner, and we run into a couple of people that I know that are like really young. They're well, not really young. They're like 23, 24. And uh, they both uh, make a compliment to us, and they're like man you guys look fucking great dude I love this fit and uh, asking about asking about it and everything like that and then right after that we go somewhere else we run into somebody else and same thing and Katrina oh, both of us are like oh yeah, yeah cool right but as soon as we get like by ourselves it's like this fist pump right away like, we got we got complimented by like 23 year olds we, we were like, noticed like, like, yeah you see that did you notice he noticed my outfit right did you yeah. know that she noticed your outfit right like fuck yeah we're still we still got this right yeah. but yeah. the fact that it was like this fist pump like excited uh, moment for you afterwards is uh. that sign of like oh Oh man, like, We're that. Like old? You guys are trying. Yeah, like yeah, it was like, now like, you're trying. Yeah, it's like we had yeah. to before it's a natural thing to oh, just oh, happen. We can
1: relate with you guys. My yeah. <laughs> <The high> kids. <laughs> I just think you, you you end up giving up at some point. You know what That's mean? exactly what happens. I used to yeah. okay. I
2: remember literally being a trainer. I used to run camps all the time. This was something I used to say to my campers, right? I'd be 25 years old. And I'd have a oh, this gr- is your famous quote. Oh, my happy campers. I used, I used to tell, I used to tell them all the time that, like, <clears throat> you know, hey, part of my job is trying That was the joke, right? Like, I'm I'm here to help get you in shape, this and do all those things, but I'm also here to help you guys not get old. And at one point in your life, you stop to not give a fuck. Like, and I'm here to make sure you give a fuck for the rest of your life. Like. Don't stop listening to new music. Don't stop following new trends. Don't because st- that's part of y- your youthfulness. I promise you that. And I said, so I would tell and preach this all the time. And then it hit me one day where, and I remember the moment it happened to me. I was, <clears throat> I think I was 30 and I'm driving around and back. Then I had that lifted Chevy and I was like blaring like hinder. And then, like, I drove by, right? And I was like, I'm feeling, I felt cool. Music was blasting, yeah, windows yeah. were down, you know? Yeah, like, what's? Up? Yeah, right. And and I'm driving by, and I drive by a bunch of like younger kids and stuff. And I and I caught that moment. I caught the moment where they're looking at me. And I, and in my head, the first like it's the way it's processing <laughs> is like, yeah, I'm cool. They see I'm cool. Yeah. But as we get closer and I go by, they start laughing and pointing at me. And I can. Oh tell. my god! And then there was this like, I'm not cool. <laughs> and oh man and then i like then i actually evaluated like oh shit like i'm probably listening to a song right now that's like eight years old mm-hmm. you know and i'm blaring it like on blood and then i remember thinking to myself fuck i remember these guys i remember when i was their age and i remember seeing these guys and looking at my buddies like, yeah. back then it was a trans am yeah what a tool dude he's like yeah. this shit was so old remember when that was cool like with oh. my friends and i realized like Oh god, that was me. And that was that moment for me that I got I and I believe that everybody gets stuck in an era. Yeah, for sure. Everybody does. Yeah. When you're young, right? I haven't even picked one. When
3: you're you <laughs> 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 you messed it all together, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah.
2: Or
1: just made up yeah. my own. Uh, you know, everybody, this is
2: the future. Everybody does this. You can look at somebody, okay, especially somebody that's older than 30, and you can see you can see where they got stuck. You know, if you're 40, 50 whatever like that, oh, I can look man. at someone's outfit and go like and the music you're listening the music you're listening to and you're the totally you're grunge running. and i know like, like wh- where you got stuck and you didn't keep evolving with time and that's we all do it so
1: so you guys yeah. you you worked you both worked at the Santa Teresa 24 mm-hmm. yep. do you guys, do you guys remember i don't know if you kept coming there but do you guys remember the dude that would come in with the straight up like fucking scorpion's hair like he had the, the he was blonde. You never saw him, <laughs> bro. I think. I mean, I almost. I actually walked up to him and asked him if he was in a like a cover band or something because I thought maybe this was part of his thing. He's like, like a hair metal band, bro. It was. I swear to God, dude. It was literally like wow. Like pretend. Like it's like oh, today's that... Halloween and I'm gonna put a wig on. See, that's I different. love people
0: like that. That's amazing. You know what I mean? Like just kind of, did he have like tight pants? Bro, he's hurting? like
1: fifty five, dude. That's great. It was it was <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's stuck in. in that era. He yeah. right? was super uh, stuck. Yeah,
2: that's what happens. So, I, I would always tell She's clients, like, I'd give yeah! them like exercises to do. Like, listen, you need to watch MTV for two hours. That's it, a week. That's all I want you to do. Just yeah. watch it. You know, just watch it, absorb is it. MTV, I of... feel like MTV isn't even cool anymore. Well, it's not for us.
0: The
1: internet is. Is it Nobody for, watches like, that shit, dude. All it is is
0: like catfish or, yeah. or whatever.
1: Yeah, like, no what a it, fucking stupid shit. Well, it, it's. See, you know, see, that's what an old person would say. God, yeah, man, exactly. It's so dumb. <clears <clears <throat> well, that's, be, that's the problem. Because we Basically, were. Basically, you got to pay attention to all the stuff that you think is dumb. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of. Ooh,
0: I got bamboozled yeah. by some fucking creepy internet guy. You have
2: to be, you have to be a little bit open-minded, right? You, you don't, it's, I'm not saying that MTV is going to provide like all the answers yeah. to anybody staying in style whatsoever, but it's it's uh, staying in touch with the, the the younger generation, which is also why I still always keep like a handful of like. Young hip kids around me, so I'm yeah, like, you know, I'm not afraid to ask. use them for their. i afraid to ask. Like I keep hey, waiting. I'm like, tell me. the cool stuff. Right. I, when I see the cool stuff, I
0: really go for that, you know. But I'm like, that's it's yeah. Just...
2: But this is like what I told you guys the other day. Like your understanding or what your thought process of what cool is is totally disconnected from what uh, really is anymore. You know
0: right? what's gonna suck, and it hasn't. Right now it's cool to be kind of you know. Pfft, I don't even want to say it, dude.
1: <laughs> you don't want to. <laughs> you don't want to give it away, or you don't yeah, know what you're gonna say. No, <laughs> I don't even know what
0: it is to be honest. I haven't figured just, it out yet. Just I was
1: about to say yeah. like, hey guys you know what's cool yeah because i don't like really <laughs> soft <laughs> music and it's like you know
0: yeah like wearing all this like you know stupid clothes you
1: know. <laughs> so, I, yeah. so nobody's fucking manly anymore so I mean, nondescript yeah. you know what i mean yeah. no you know what's gonna suck because it hasn't happened yet but it will pretty soon dude at some point you're gonna fucking be very proud that you can work out harder than the fucking 20 something year old dude at the gym hmm. pretty soon. It's not there yet because I'm still pretty, I'm doing pretty good. But like, you know, within a 10 year period, I'm going to be looking at them and being like, oh yeah, I kept up with the fucking 20 something year old and then I'm gonna go take a bunch of ibuprofen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. God damn it. <laughs> Whatever, dude. I still have more testosterone than he does. Yeah. Bring on a young bird, please.
3: Step right up, all you bearded men and all you bearded ladies. This quad is brought to you by Big Top Beard Company, whose all-natural beard oil products not only make your beard smell amazing, but feel amazing too. Their organic essential oil blends transport you to manly places like the mountains, the desert, the sea, and beyond, all while encouraging a lot of beard nuzzling to boot. Mm. Buy it for yourself or as a gift for that special bearded someone at BigTopBeardCompany.com. Enter the discount code MIMEPUMP for 33% off at checkout. All right. Our first question is from Erica Candice, asking about postnatal recovery after a baby and you've been cleared by your doc. Did you
1: pick this one, Sal? No. <laughs> the, sound, yeah. the one guy who has no kid yeah, in his like, life. Yeah, Adam picked it. I want to talk about pregnant ladies. Yeah, Adam. Yeah. Adam. Adam's got a thing for well, pregnant. Well, you got, girls. I knew that you guys. You know, every time a pregnant woman we see, what Adam's like. Oh my God, they're so hot. Like that's so yeah. weird. He, he likes it's that. that. Weird I, got I do have a, a pregnant it's fetish. I don't know what it is. About it's
2: that. weird. Maybe because there's. I. I know. It she, does exist. I know she's easy. Well, oh my oh God. My. <laughs> Bro, <laughs> what do you mean easy? Dude. Or a for sure thing? You no, know. like it no. works. You know, you like mean, like,
1: yeah. hold, hold on. Let me let me wow. trans- let me translate. Here's what Adam does. Adam, what he's trying to say is he knows she's already had sex. Yeah. What comes out of his mouth is ten times more asshole. Yeah, one
0: hundred
1: percent. She's not. She's.
2: easy. I know, just have been in like
1: yeah. all the pregnant. No, women. that's oh, not yeah. true. Fucking no, asshole. That's not true.
2: Um, postnatal recovery. There, she's been just so you know before I don't know if Doug put it up there or not. She's it, she's been cleared. So it's not like it's let's just make that clear, right? That Yeah, been, step
1: number 1, you got to be cleared for exercise. When the rule number 1 for me when I would train women after pregnancy and there's two categories of 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 people that I would train postnatal. One were the people that I trained before during before and during pregnancy which is much, much easier, much, uh, uh, and it's actually quite different. Oh, yeah, you
2: barely skip a beat with that person. You
1: don't, yeah, I mean, you still have to, you know, you still want to focus on a few things, but somebody who's not worked out and then had a baby and then wants to get into working out, you have to pay uh, much closer attention um, and be a little bit more careful. But rule number one after having a baby is focus on core stability. Yeah. Focus on activating neuromuscular recruitment. Yeah. uh, yeah, It's
0: really that connection that you're seeking initially. It's You want to just regain these kind of functions and get the muscles to respond the way that they need
1: to. Yeah, because what happens when you – obviously when you have a baby, the baby grows uh, in the uterus and it stretches out all of the muscles of your core. Mm -hmm. And when they're stretched, when muscles are stretched, they're automatically weakened. And you can test this out yourself. (laughs) You could put yourself in a – really, really deep stretch, and then try to activate that muscle. It's actually quite difficult. In fact, I would recommend not trying to activate it super hard when you're in a deep stretch because you may actually injure yourself. So muscles, number one, are naturally weakened in this stretched position. So now you're pregnant. You've got this baby growing, so your 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 belly is big. All those muscles are stretched out, so they're already in a weakened position. And you're, you're limited, especially in the third trimester, in, in terms of how you can activate them, or at least you can't activate them in any type of, you know, full range of motion. Yeah. So you lose connection to those muscles. So then after, and and what ends up stabilizing you a lot during your pregnancy are your hip flexors. Yeah. Hip flexors and low back. That's why you get a lot of low back problems uh, during pregnancy. So after you have the baby, you want to reconnect to those muscles. And that does not mean you go do a bunch of sit-ups and leg raises. No. um, Because you're just going to recruit the muscles that are still connected, which are your hip flexors. Mm -hmm. What you're going to want to do is you're going to want to activate first focus on activating those muscles that you've lost connection to, and then slowly focus on strengthening them through uh, ranges of motion. Motion. We actually posted a video on our YouTube channel. It's Mind Pump TV, um, and you can look it up. It's called Hip Flexor Deactivator, and it's a movement that I do with uh, anybody who's got hip flexor dominance, but especially post uh, post pregnancy or you know postnatal. Um, and it's a great way to kind of Get the hip flexors to step out a little bit while activating some of the muscles of the core. And then the second video I recommend you watch is uh, another popular video we have on there is uh, uh, stomach vacuums. And vacuums are—that's probably one of the first exercises I do with a, with a woman who just had a baby because mm-hmm. I'm trying to activate their— The deep core. Yeah, their deep core muscles, the muscles, the, the transverse abdominus that pulls in— What about the belly the breathing midsection? that you did with uh, Stephanie, too? Be- belly breathing, uh, you know, that's another one where you're kind <clears> of <throat> get, getting that diaphragm to fully mm-hmm. inflate again because it's—I'm it's I'm actually really happy you brought that up, Adam, because when you have a baby, you know, the baby, obviously, when it's growing and it's big— presses up in the diaphragm and you tend to breathe shallow mm-hmm. out of necessity. And so you want to change that breathing, breathing pattern back to its normal one. Otherwise you can experience, um, you know, a little bit of anxiety or, or feeling like you're not getting a full. Diaphragm and that, and as
0: you're, you're sort of going through that process of reactivating, you know, and getting the abdominals to respond and, and, you know, going through that exercise that's on the YouTube, just instead of like focusing on reps and sets and all that kind of stuff really just the intent there is to uh just really try to squeeze and and connect and so i I recommend more like isometric sort of work to just you know really try and focus down that signal and, and get it to respond and you know kind of gradually work your way towards reps and getting back into the to the to the Swing of things.
2: For the most part, though, I I feel like uh, a lot of stuff is the same. I think there's been... I think a lot of things... uh, There's a lot of stuff out there to either scare or intimidate people into like oh you need to do this or oh you need to take that
0: and there's or, a lot of myths too yeah there's a lot no, of- but you could jump ahead is well. I think why we're being like kind of cautionary like or like being real like specific is like these are like the first sort of items yeah. is because if you could just start working out but now all of a sudden you're not going to have the the support system there to support your spine as well, well. the biggest just, mistake uh, the, I
1: see is I was gonna say the biggest mistake I see is when women who don't work out have a baby isn't that they're in this rush yeah now, exactly Get, get all the weight off. Well, and they make tons of mistakes. Let's
2: talk about that for a second because here's <clears> – <throat> the reason why I said that was not because – I mean, 100% I agree with the boys. Like, this is important. In my experience, though, I feel like this is the – what I get is really common is someone who's uh, had a baby and then, like you said, either one – they're in like this hurry like oh my god i have all this this baby weight that i've put on and now it's time to get serious the, the whole time they were in pregnancy they ate like shit, they didn't really move and exercise and now they're on this mission to you know build, rebuild their body and it's like all intensity driven so there's that one extreme and then you have the the other people that are, you know, they have been going like consistently through they've been trained, they trained through their pregnancy and they're out of their pregnancy. Now, someone like that, it's all, you can almost just keep on going like you've just if you've done a good job of exercising while you were pregnant, which I've trained people literally up until the day they had their baby, you can just pick up right where you left off and keep going. And you're probably going to be pretty damn good. And there's a lot of scare tactics out there to scare pregnant women away from training and, Oh, don't do, don't push too hard. Don't do this. Well, what you shouldn't do is you shouldn't go any harder than what you were going before. So if you're someone who trained pretty consistently, and then you get pregnant, I don't recommend stopping working out. I recommend doing all the pretty much the same stuff you were doing going into your pregnancy. And just
1: listen to your body. Yeah. yeah. Like if you're <laughs> doing if you're if all of us, you the know, the biggest thing. Yeah, if you're doing a bunch of Roman chair sit-ups and leg raises and planks and now you're like, ooh, those hurt me because I have this big belly now. You know, I'm in my third trimester. Just stop doing them. Yeah. Uh but your body's incredibly capable throughout most of your pregnancy. Um yeah. I mean, you can do some you can keep working out. Pretty much, uh, like Adam said, till the day you give birth. So long as you're healthy and, and you know nothing, you know major goes so, wrong.
2: some of the women I've seen do are the ones that are still squatting all the way through their pregnancy. You know, and they come out and they they're still squatting. You're doing a lot of movements that. You still would do... I, I just... As long as you're doing those.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and you don't... You're not, like, trying to ramp up yeah, your pregnancy, which is... a doing you know, I do see that, though, too. Like, you know, oh, I'm getting pregnant, so I got to now, you know, really intensify my workouts, like, to, to bounce back.
1: Two mistakes with, with that. Uh, one is if you're ramping up your intensity uh, from where it was before, after you just got pregnant, the signal that you're sending your body is stress is up. Uh, we are now in a new situation, a new environment, with higher demands on the body, and one of your body's last resorts, believe it or not, in a situation like that, is to uh, not complete the pregnancy. Um, and there's been cases of this, where and this is where the scare taxi- tactics come from, where a woman will, who doesn't work out, gets pregnant, is super afraid of getting fat, and then decides she's going to run a marathon and then she loses the child or something bad happens or she hemorrhages and gets bed rest. Well, yeah, you're, you're telling your body that you've just entered into a new stressful situation. Your body knows that you're pregnant, so it's going to think, and, and you're, you're kind of, you know, the ba- the baby's a priority, but you are a priority as well, and your body will make sure that you are okay, and if it thinks that the stress is new and too much, bad things can happen, so don't change anything. The Here's the perfect scenario. Perfect scenario is this. You're already exercising, you already have a good you know routine, you're already fit, you're doing everything right. Then you get pregnant and then you just keep doing what you're doing. Don't have to change anything. Listen to your body. Then you stop when you think you need to. A lot of women don't need to up until again, like the day the day before they have the baby. Some women feel like they absolutely are super uncomfortable, have to stop a few weeks before. Mm. Have your baby uh, depending on if you had C-section or how your your labor went, get clearance by your doctor. Go back to the gym, start slow, but you will be surprised at how fast you bounce back. I've had clients back, back bounce back incredibly, I mean, compared to the average person, incredibly quick because they went into it mm-hmm. already fit and they went into it with the understanding that uh, there's a process and that they're not going to- Well, gonna... it'll help with
0: the labor, you know. Oh. being strong, yeah, going into labor. So
1: You know, and we got to realize something like we always forget that uh, when women got pregnant for most of the human civilization- it wasn't like, oh my God, you're pregnant. Don't do shit anymore. Like, yeah. You have, that wasn't an option. It wasn't yeah. an option. Yeah. Like, you're still, you're still, still ga- you're still hunting and gathering. You're still part of the tribe. You're still, you might have another child. Uh, you still have to stay, you know, moving and, and it increases your odds of successful, you know, labor. Um, it wasn't it, like it is, you know, and now we're better at it. Now we tell yeah. women, keep moving. But it wasn't that long ago. Like, when we were born, like around the, you know, the 70s and 80s, Even then, they were telling women like, "Relax, don't move." Uh, The only way they delivered babies were women were on their back. Um, Now you know I was going to talk about that. Yeah,
0: because I I give my wife a lot of credit. She did. uh, We had a doula actually come with us to um, kind of help with the process, and that really helped me to kind of help coach. And uh, you know, she actually was able to do a lot more. What did you call it? A doula. 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 Yeah. Doula. What is that?
1: It's a. Uh, it's like a, a person who. It's like almost like a nurse, but their their expertise is in, uh, is in delivery. Delivery, yeah. That's all they do. Mm. Is is that an acronym for something? I have no idea.
0: That's a good. That's a yeah. Good question. I have no idea. Yeah. Okay. It's it's a thing. Yeah. I, I don't know, She. I believe you. <laughs> yeah. One of her friends was one and offered to to be that for us. So it really just helps to like.
1: Did you guys go to the hospital though? Right. You didn't yeah, yeah we well? went to the
0: hospital. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Did you do the
1: whole epidural thing? No. So wow, you went did both, na- yeah, both, nothing?
0: yeah, without an epidural, and yeah. and that's not like shaming any other like women that that do that or anything, but I just I was, you know, I I, I totally respected that because that was something she had like in her mindset that she wasn't going to do, and then even though certain points it was like ah, like she still didn't do it, mm-hmm. you know, so wow, um, and and tried all these different um you know positions to help it move it along, and it worked, you know, it mm-hmm. was like very um you know very outside unconventional let's just say so
1: yeah that, exercise cool. uh, being fit uh, eating right will decrease your chance i don't know what the number is but it's pretty it's a significant statistical difference in terms of your odds of of needing a c section so if you're fit healthy you know you're eating right moving you're not you know bed rest and all these different things the odds that you'll need a C-section are much slow are much lower, and you want this. Obviously, a C-section can be a pain in the ass to recover from. If you have more children after that, it's it's getting more and more difficult to find doctors that will actually deliver a second or third child after you've had a C-section, so mm-hmm. they don't they don't do VBACs as much anymore, what they're called. Yeah. Um and there is some evidence suggesting uh, and it's pretty strong that um, children who are born through C-section have a higher risk of allergies food allergies food intolerances and autoimmune issues because they're not exposed to the
0: vaginal bacteria
1: yeah uh, now i will say there was one caveat they did find there is some bacteria in utero as well hmm. so it's not completely sterile but still those studies do show that being you know born vaginally um is probably uh, you know better if if you can well, do it and, that way
0: you know the epidural too if if you know the the recovery for that is a bit longer than if not so you know like it, I, Courtney was kind of describing it to me but basically like yeah it, it puts you out like mm-hmm. I mean you, your recovery time like extends a bit you know with that so
2: if I had to recommend a program to someone I would say a pre-phase of MAPS anabolic coupled perfect. With, with MAPS prime perfect that's how I would start someone. yeah that'd so be a perfect
1: that'd be the perfect routine or um, MAPS anywhere minus the amp sessions there you go Um, if you don't if you don't want, want to go to the gym
3: Mark Wolves is asking on your thoughts about best deadlift
1: grips so for for me this is a great question because uh i love deadlifting i love pulling and for years i trained uh i used an alternate grip <clears throat> your standard powerlifting you know one hand supinated one hand pronated uh grip mm-hmm. when deadlifting very heavy the problem with this was that i got really really good or really comfortable, I should say, training the, the the recruitment pattern to where my right hand was supinated and my left hand was pronated. So it wasn't very often that I would pronate uh, my right hand and supinate my left hand. So it ended up being my, my that was like my default heavy grip. And so what I would do is I'd go up to 315 with a double overhand grip and then over, anything over 315, I'd alternate my grip and then the right hand would supinate and and that would be how I'd pull. As a result... Um, I started, I developed some imbalances in my back, which I could tell, um, and I could tell because
2: visually uh, and mechanically or just one or the other, actually both. So
1: when I would get a massage, the, the person that would massage me said, well, it looks like one, you know, like the, this part of your back seems more tense or a little thicker. And, uh, I was like, well, that's kind of weird. And then I would, I'd like come up, go up against the wall. I put my back up against the wall and kind of, you know, round my shoulders and then I noticed that there was a little discrepancy between the two sides. See,
0: one side developed a little bit more. A
1: little bit more um, because of the, of the grip. And you do take off, the bar takes off a little differently that way. It's very, very subtle. Mm-hmm. But if you constantly lift this way, that can happen. And then uh, the second thing is when I would go to try to alternate my grip, I'd get really fucking sore in my right pronator teres. It would almost injure it. And it was all because I wasn't used to pulling heavy weight with my hand in that position and it wasn't that long ago. It was maybe, I don't know, it's only been about a year or so, maybe a little less. And I said, that's it. Like I'm not I'm not gonna pull like this anymore. And at first I thought I said, I'm gonna alternate I'm just gonna alternate and go the other way. And then I said, you know what? I'm gonna try and get really good at a hook grip. Because a hook grip is both hands over hand. They're both the same. I don't have to keep track of how often I'm doing one side versus the other. And it took me a long time, and I'm almost at the point where I can hold on to as much weight with a hook grip. Oh, really? You're there? Yeah, as I can with an (coughs) alternate grip. I was going to ask you that. It takes a long time to develop. I fucking hated it. And i tell you what, if you get good at it, you can handle it. Olympic lifters pull fucking tremendous amounts of weight with a hook grip. Lane Norton is a super strong deadlifter. He uses a hook grip. Is he a hook grip? He's a hook grip lifter. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he's been hook gripping for a long time. If you get really good at it, you can pull just as much weight uh, with a hook grip. It just sucks. It just takes time to get used to. So... My personal opinion, the best grip, hook grip. However, give it some time and 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 you know, get your body used to doing it because at first it hurts your thumbs and then you can't hold on as long and you're you're gonna get sore and your pronator teres and all kinds of different things. So. Well,
2: I don't think I don't think you're gonna hear any debate from any of us that that is by far the best. Mm-hmm. Right, like I. The only thing I will say is that what sucks if you've been lifting the other ways for a very long time, yeah, you're regressing. You have to regress for, a lot. Yeah, a lot for a while. Like I even For a long time. Yeah, yeah, I went on a kick from the hook grip for a little bit and I just got frustrated with it. I was just like, "God, it hurts my hands. It's just not comfortable." Like, you know, and then I felt like it, it was just hindering the rest of my workout. So, um, fuck. Yeah, dude. It's, it's, it's definitely superior though. There's no doubt over, over is better than, mm-hmm. uh, than alternating for sure. I mean, th- when you think about it for, uh, biomechanically, I mean, when you supinate your hand like that, you're going to activate the lat more on that side. It's just, that's just a fact. That's what it's partially responsible for. So as soon as you internally rotate like that, the lats are going to get activated more versus when you're protein. Not, not to
1: mention the, think about the internal <coughs> external rotators of the humerus, right? The infraspinatus and supraspinatus muscles, for example, and some of the other you know muscles that are involved in internally, actually well, rotating. That's the last. So, well, uh, so if you're in this position, sure, because some people are going to say, "Well, you're not rotating; you're not actively rotating internally, externally." You don't have pulling. to be. You're isometrically.
2: I- isometrically,
1: and so what you're doing is you're getting that muscle really strong at pulling heavy weight in that shortened position on mm-hmm. one side, and in the lengthened lengthen position on the other side. That is a small, subtle difference. And you're not going to notice it, but if you do it for you know but months as and years, load
0: increases, yeah, and like repetitive volume, like it's just all going to add up. So.
2: Well, so and I had this is where you know, and it reminds me way back when when we first started talking about this, and I really got rid of my wraps because of you, and I have to admit now that like I would reintroduce wraps with a double overhand grip, I think is superior to a power grip. Now, for competing reasons, you can't like you if you're a competitor you don't get to use wraps in a competition like you got to go barehanded so i understand the benefits of somebody who's going to be competing but i'm not ever well as of right now i have no plans of doing a powerlifting meet but I do like to go really heavy, and my grip does become limiting at a certain point. And so, in my opinion, once you get to a certain point, I think a double over with wraps would be more superior to the average lifter than somebody who goes over under.
1: I'll tell you why I disagree to that. Okay, uh, because we have now uh, several studies that demonstrate that using wrist wraps promotes different recruitment patterns all the way up in the shoulder. And so, what you're doing is you're trading, you're trading one bad recruitment pattern. Uh, for another now it may be more asymmetric if you constantly use the same uh, grip uh, the, the constantly use the same uh, over under grip but by using wraps you are changing the recruitment patterns all the way up in the shoulder and they're the kind of recruitment patterns that promote um, shoulder dysfunction you can over time. D- you can
2: argue that same thing yeah. with the over under you could argue the same thing, bro.
1: I, so I don't think it's better or worse. I, dis- I, just think, I, I think it's I in the disagree. same category. This is where I
2: disagree, though. being somebody, okay, who has actually done it for a long period, both ways, and has seen the imbalances that they they have caused, I have never had as many imbalances in my shoulder and my back as I start as much as I have from heavy lifting over and under. Then I I used to use wraps all the time with. Yeah, heavy lifting. but you're you're going from and
1: one I, of the. I think I think what what's the best is hook grip. Yeah, oh, we agree. Yeah. We all agree on yeah. that.
2: If you can train yourself, if you have the discipline to that to do a hook grip, I agree 100% with you. And then after a hook grip, then it would just be a regular over 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 grip. Mm-hmm. Um but then I would I would argue that I would rather do I and you will see me now use straps with a with both hands over before I go into but a why why power not grip.
1: why not develop or keep practicing. Well then or, that would be ideal. Yeah. That
2: would be ideal. Why but or, uh, why, but a, why but I'm not. just gonna keep it real that I, I probably won't, you know, and if I probably won't, I would choose to use the wraps over I would the over under. And that's because Why did
1: you stop with the over with the hook?
2: Because it would it was driving me crazy. Your, yeah, I didn't your, like it. It was it wasn't hands. comfortable. I wasn't deadlifting enough. It's not a sport for me to care that much Um, so I mean, it's just like you squatting with squat shoes or a weight belt. Mm -hmm. We can sit here, talk circles all day long about it's not ideal, but the, at the end of the day, people are still going to utilize these tools.
1: I guess it depends what you're looking at. I mean, if your goal is to just lift as much weight as possible, yeah, I guess use wrist straps. If your goal is to develop, is to be able to connect the entire chain and be able to hold on to the weight and lift it and stabilize it then you'd want no wraps and you'd want double overhand grip and you'd want to develop that as much as possible. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. We're all on the same page. Yeah. I'm just sharing my experience from mm-hmm. being somebody who's actually now applied. Okay. All of those methods. And the only one that I didn't go for a very long time is the overhand with the hook grip, mm-hmm. which I would agree would be the superior one. If I was to discipline my ass, to keep going, to regress and, To go through all that, to work my way back to lifting with that, but I'll tell you now, if you catch me pulling really heavy weight, you'll find me probably use the wraps, which I haven't even done. So to say that is like you know whatever, but I would I what I have done to myself by doing a heavy over-under grip, I have caused more dysfunction in my shoulder and my back. You kept mm. it the
1: same, right? The same side, supinated and pronated? Yeah, well,
2: yeah, it, for most of the time. I mean, I tried to f- go for a while where I switched the other way, and that you that You just too. found your strong side? Yeah, I mean, if I was regular. going for, if I was chasing PRs, and that I mean, that's really yeah. what I was trying to lift as heavy, I was going to go with what felt the most comfortable yeah. and dominant, you that know?
0: Sucks, a lot so. of that is, yeah, ego-based. For me, it's already, like, it's, it's a weak lift for me, so it's like I don't, like, necessarily chime in with you guys, but, like, I'll Try just to go double overhand, and then if I don't get any heavier from that, you know, that grip, then I'm done.
1: What about when you? Because you do uh, a lot of power movements, and although right. you're not lifting as much as you are when you're deadlifting, mm-hmm. you're having to generate speed, yep. which requires a lot of grip. You don't use a hook grip on that. I don't use a hook grip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, just, just overhand. Not bad. Yeah. Is
2: there? Is there? Are there any like um, power lifters or Olympic lifters that don't even use a hook grip and actually are pulling like? I, I, there's none that I know. of. Not
0: sure. Yeah, not sure about
1: that. Like
2: almost everybody is a. Yeah,
1: they're all hooked. Lift, Olympic the lift uh, hook grip is like part of yeah. the protocol with Olympic lifting. I wouldn't mind developing it. Let's just put it that way. Yeah,
0: yeah it, would, it would help for sure.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think that's we could all agree on that. There's yeah. no doubt the hook grip for sure, over, over, and then over, over, and then where maybe we disagree a little bit is the wraps versus the over-under. And I'm just speaking from experience that being a guy that's done both for long periods of time, I caused more dysfunction in my shoulders and my back than I ever did with wraps I did with that makes the, sense. the over-under.
3: Lindsay, Adair23, what is the biggest mistake you see new trainers making, and what were your mistakes as a new trainer?
2: Number one, I think, and I believe it's still common, goes all the way back to when we trained, and it drives me crazy to see, is intensity-driven workouts. Hmm. Uh, The flashy workouts. Yes, a lack of attention to detail and movement and too much emphasis on can I come up with the most creative, you know, fucking backbreaker workout for my clients? I, to this day, I go to the gym and it's the thing I, I just, and I, and I, you know, it's like watching a slow train wreck for me. I just can't look away. It's none of my business to come over. I would never totally check a trainer in front of their client. That's just, I would never do that. But I, and I, I cringe. I watch these trainers. And it's like this. It's hard to watch. Dude. It is hard, yeah. because, but in, and where I have patience too is I I went through that. Like right, I, you got to remember that you uh, put yourself in there. Yeah, right. Because yeah. we were there at one point. I we yeah. were right, and there was there was definitely and there's definitely a culture around that within gyms is. This, you know, who's got the most creative workout and you know what? Creative workouts do not always and very rarely equal the most effective.
1: Dude, I, I literally just had this conversation uh, last week because I went to go work out, you know, where, where I go work out at. I don't want to call it out just in case uh, they're listening, but uh, you see there's this group of women and they take the same, they take this super high intensity workout driven uh, cl- class every morning by this one trainer. And... I can pick them out now. I've been doing this long enough to where I can see, and it's, it's it's you see this in men and women, but more often women uh, than men will end up in this category for some reason, and I think it's just because women tend to beat themselves up more um, than men tend to, but these women come in mid-40s, maybe 50, maybe late 30s, and you can tell their adrenal uh, fatigue, they're totally adrenal fatigue, like their bodies are fucking... Broken down. They don't get a lot of sleep, probably because they have small kids or they work a lot. They come in. They are. They're not overweight, but they're definitely definitely loose because they haven't developed a lot of muscle.
2: Or maybe better said, they're not obese, but they're overweight.
1: They're, most, yeah, of, most of them are pretty. Overweight. Yeah, they're like it's like it's like this this look, and I can I know you guys can see it yeah, too. Like yeah, you can I, tell. I know, like, I know what you're describing. And they come in and they've got the, the they're tired. They've got the bags under their eyes. They're they're all coming in and. They work out, and the trainer beats them. The, beats the fuck out of them, and they're all just trying as hard as they can, and he's yelling at them like, go, 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 and they're doing these sprints on the cardio, and they're doing machines and circuits, and they're punching a bag, and they're doing all this crazy stuff, and you can see that, like, first of all, their form is, there is no form. Like, it's it's all about moving the weight. Mm-hmm. It's all about, you know, pedaling the bike. It's all about just throwing my fist into the bag it's like they're not even punching the bag they're just moving their hands yeah, and they're and they're fucking dying momentum. But what's, what's keeping these poor women moving is their total like they're all these grinders like they're so like i'm gonna keep doing this and i'm just gonna keep working at it. i'm gonna yeah. keep grinding and and they've been doing it for a long time i've been working out at this place now for mm. over a year well and they all the same women
2: they also dis. they also connect that like Endorphin release of that they get post-workout to like I feel better or I feel accomplished There's a short I, term, I, right? Yeah, it's a very short term feeling that they and that's where I think How they get stuck here even if you're somebody who listens like there's somebody right now 100% the amount of people that listened to this show Hundred percent. There's someone listening to this right now. It's fucking you. Okay, you are that person. You are that person. Oh my god! And the reason why you do not you you you're like you're like fucking tuning this out right now is because you have connected that feeling, that sweat feeling, and that uh, feeling of accomplishment and the the endorphin rush that you get for from pushing the body like that. And so therefore you justify dude, it,
1: dude. It was it's it, it was horrible. I was just watching this talking sweaty Betty syndrome. They were talking s- to you. They were doing squat with a barbell as part of their circuit and they're I mean they're fucking beat they were beat when they walked in they were already exhausted when they walked in this is like 6 something in the morning they're doing squats and they're fucking everywhere their knees are going everywhere I mean uh, Jessica's like oh my god she goes maybe we should go stand next like, to them Ugh. in case one of them goes down knees are going all <laughs> over the place they're adding weight the trainer's just yelling at them like keep going you gotta keep going and, and it's like the, it's horrible and the worst part about it is these women are trapped I'll tell you why they're trapped. They know instinctively that the second they fucking stop, they're gonna gain it's a gonna shit. Blow up. They're gonna gain a shit ton of weight. They're gonna binge like crazy because their body is in such horrible stress state. And these trainers, they don't know any better, and they continue to push them because what they do, and I did this too. I did this when I first became a trainer. You see this client, and in your thought, all you're thinking is. I know why you're not getting leaner and why you're feeling like this because you're not eating as good as you should. You're not doing what I'm telling you, and you're not working out you're as hard out or yes. as consistently as Your I'm. Effort telling you. isn't there. You know, what, it it's like
2: there. it's like a parent that like beats their children and they justify it because they they've seen results or they because they got beat when they were a kid. Look, now they're quiet. They exactly yeah. right.
3: <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
2: No, seriously, right? It's yeah, like it's, true. it's like a kid that got beat turned out to be a good kid, right, and successful in life, and says, "I'm going to beat my kids because I was beat," and so that's the mentality. Is like, I'm going to beat, I got in shape because I beat myself up to get in shape. And I have this discipline. I'm going to try and install that same thing in these people. And what we're finding out is, you know what? Beating kids is probably the not the best way to do it. Just yeah, because some of a them, good just because some of them turn out all right, just like the same thing goes for beating your clients. Like mm-hmm. ju- just because you got clients, and listen, ju- they turn into Ray Rice. Yeah, that's all I, I'm saying, I, I, dude, just, I feel just because you got some people in shape by doing that doesn't mean it's the most effective way to do I it. I
1: feel so bad. One of them even is really nice and comes and says hi to us, and I'm looking at her and I can see the signs, all the signs of excessive stress on her body. You know the, the looseness of her body, the, the her face just looks drawn. She's got even some of the the the, the you'll see in, in women when they uh, you'll see this in anorexics too, but in women who push themselves so hard, they'll get this like micro fine you know kind of hair on their face <clears throat> or on their arms. It's a stress response, and they look horrible. They're drinking coffee. They're trying to stimulate their body to pick up even more, and I'm and I just want to say something. And the worst part is this is the worst part here, is if I take them aside and set sa- and talk to them myself, the advice I'm going to give them, they're not going to listen to. Because my advice would be, hey, listen, here's what you need to do. Uh, You need to stop coming to the gym five days a week and beating yourself up. Uh, I'm going to want you to come work out two days a week. You're going to lift weights real basic. We're not going to go to failure. We're going to build up some strength. I want you to get more sleep. I want you to start drinking chamomile at night. And we're going to eliminate coffee for a little while. Uh, you're gonna start doing meditation, and it's gonna take us like six months before your body starts to get back on track. None of them will fucking listen to me. No one's gonna want to no. do it. Yeah. But this is easily the biggest mistake trainers do, and what you're doing is you are destroying your clients. And here's a good sign, by the way, that you're that you're making this mistake, that you have a high turnover rate. If you are the kind of trainer that gets a client, beats them up, and they're super motivated for the first three to six months, and they're coming every workout, and the next thing you know, they're missing workouts, and next thing you know, they're yeah. not coming anymore, and you got to find more clients, and you're thinking to yourself, oh, people are so unmotivated. Oh, I need to just keep getting clients. Why can't people stick to my routine? It's because you're beating them, you're beating them up, and you're, and you're a shitty trainer. Yeah. The reality is when people are hiring you, yes. you should have a much higher stick rate People will stay with you because they feel good. And if you're a client, if you're someone right now listening who works out and you're not a trainer, working out should make you feel good. You should not wake up feeling exhausted. You should not leave your workout feeling like you're dreading the day, like you just went through boot camp, like literal boot camp. You should feel good. You should feel centered. You should not have hot flashes and cold flashes. You should not have issues with your sleep. You should feel fucking balanced and amazing. And if you're not... Examine your workout and I guarantee a lot of you it's because you're going too hard. what's
2: the second part to this about our It was about us,
1: right? What was your biggest mistake as a trainer? Oh, that was it for me for sure Yeah, Yeah, I I went too hard.
2: Yeah, I think that's I think that's hundred percent I don't know. I don't I don't know if that you could have a a bigger one than that, right? I think that's probably the I
1: think you know when I read this question initially I thought what we just talked about and then I thought from the business side Maybe we could visit that for a second one of the business biggest mistakes. I see trainers make from a business side to build their business is they are don't believe in their own value. Uh, and this happens with new trainers all the time. Like, I would yeah. get a trainer on board.
0: They get competitive with their prices.
1: Well, they look at the prices, and they're like, well, you know, 90 a session. Like, mm. uh, you know, can I charge 60, or can I go less? Like, mm. that feels like a lot. And it's like, you know, trainers instinctively, I think they'd like to train, but they don't like to sell. Or at least they don't. They feel like they're asking for money is not right, or maybe they're not well, worth the it. Well, the problem
0: is that there's a lot of trainers like that. So, therefore, the... the customer coming in will have that impression yeah. in, in, already so it's like the expectation is already at that level whereas you need to pull yourself out of that mentality and and understand that you know you're you're very valuable you just have to present it in that way and be confident
1: in don't it don't be afraid to ask like don't be afraid to ask for the sale don't be yeah. afraid to tell people that it costs something there's like this huge fear among trainers like oh, i don't know if i can ask them to to buy training for me or whatever it's like why that's your job right
0: yeah
3: All right, before I get to this next question, we do
1: have Wim Hof here.
3: Oh. Yeah, we got to bring that up. We have the
1: Wim Hof certification uh, coming up. What's the date for that, uh, Doug? April 29th and 30th here at
3: Mind Pump Studios. So,
1: April 29th and 30th. I don't know if if you guys haven't heard of Wim Hof, the Wim Hof breathing method. It is like... The Iceman. It's fucking exploding. It is absolutely exploding. Uh, The Wim Hof methods have been adopted by uh, the military at the highest levels. It's being utilized by uh, top uh, executives in Fortune 500 companies. Um, It's a very effective way of getting your body to uh, improve its peak performance, mental and physical performance. It's quite legit. Uh, Some of the, you know, we obviously uh, here at Mind Pump have the ability to meet with and talk to some of these, uh, some incredible Mm -hmm. athletes and uh, I'm. It's like a, a year and a half ago, I kind of heard of the breathing methods. Yeah. Now it's like everybody's doing it and talking Have about. Have you it.
0: seen he like uh, that show Stan Lee Superhuman? He
1: was, yeah. He right. was on there. It's just because
0: he's like he's figured out this way to you know tap into to breathing to really get connected to the body on a level that's like a lot of people didn't even know you could get to, and he just has done superhuman feats because. Uh, you know, like he, he's just so in tune with that. And like, that's why, you know, like, and they're studying him in a lab and science and it's just very fascinating. I, I highly recommend Well, you check I get, out that episode.
2: I'm fascinated with what it's doing for the immune system too. Like yeah. that's, that's what's really, really fascinating. That's
1: some interesting shit, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. That's yes. to
2: me is what it's really, really cool. What they're
1: finding with some of these, uh, with these breathing methods is your people who are really good at it and practice it are, are becoming able to, or at least are able enough to control to some degree the automatic systems of the body. Mm-hmm. Like um, the things that we don't we take for granted, like your heart beating, heart beat, your, your body lungs, temperature, yeah. all that stuff, things that your body automatically does. Uh, people at the highest level of this type of training are able to lower temperature, increase their body temperature, mm-hmm. slow the heart rate on down. On command. On command. Yeah. Very, very interesting stuff. And h- how do people register? They just go to our page? Yeah, go to the event calendar on the page and click on the Wim Hof. MindPumpMedia.com. Excellent.
3: That is correct. Next question. All sorry. right. Our next question is J two two six four. What is the key to being happy?
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, let me tell you. Yeah, yeah, right. God. Got it. <laughs> All figured out. Because if I do that, I'm she... happy. You know
2: what's funny? Katrina and I had a on literally on a last night and I love this because I told you guys that we've been her and I, like we, every month uh, I'm reading like my own book that I'm going on. And then we, we choose a book that we're reading together and it always promotes all this great dialogue. Right. So afterwards she's at, she asked this question, right. She goes, um you know, what, what does a, a perfect day look like for you? And I said, like, I don't know, like, uh, you know, I don't think I would, I would actually want that. And I'm like, well, what do you mean by that? And she's like, well, you know, like d- if you, this was a perfect day, uh, you know, the day that you would want to have over and over and over again. And I said, well, I think that's just it. I think I think the perfect day is imperfect, right? I think that's part of what that drives us. And that's uh, all of this is embracing the challenges and the difficulties and and overcoming those is what makes things so awesome. And if it was so perfect that nothing bad happened and everything went smooth, if that just kept happening every single day, then really it would get boring really fast. Mm -hmm. So what does perfect look like? And would you really want that is what I would, I would challenge you.
1: You you know what that reminds me? You just said, you guys ever watched the twilight zone? Remember that That show fucking awesome. By the way, super old, uh, way older than me. Great uh, uh, TV series um, with some great twists in it. There was one episode where there was a guy in the beginning, he's a bank robber. And then he's going in a shootout with these police officers, and then they kill him. And then he pops up, and he's in like this beautiful hotel room. And then this like guy walks in the room, was wearing this white suit, and he kind of looks uh, in, uh, like an angel almost, but he's just wearing a suit. And he's like, hey, welcome. He goes, you know, welcome. And he goes, where am I? And he goes, well, I mean, where do you think you are? And he goes, oh, my God. He goes, this must be heaven. He goes, well, what do I do? And the guy goes, you can do whatever you want. Like, do whatever you want. And so this guy... He goes and gambles and every hand he wins. He goes and eats and he never gains a pound. Like every woman he talks to is attracted to him. And he's like, oh my God, heaven is awesome. And then they fast forward like five or 10 years later. He's over it. And he's he's fucking miserable. He's so, so miserable. <laughs> and he calls the angel back and he goes, fucking change this. I hate this. Like I yeah. can't, this can't it's be. It's not what, reality. He goes, this can't be what heaven is like. And then the angel looks at him and he goes, who told you this was heaven? It was a fucking amazing episode. Utopia, uh, right? Like that was the whole
0: Matrix thing. Like they had to like restructure the Matrix because it didn't work. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, this is a question that people. There's books written on it. uh, You know, it's been examined by you know monks and you know motivational speakers, and it's it's one of those like key human questions. You know, like why are we here? How do I? What's the key to being happy and all this stuff? I for me, this is a very personal question because the last. Five years have been so challenging, uh, just beyond comprehension. I had, you know, at the time, you know, uh, when I was married, my wife had ho- a horrible health situation happen where she almost passed away. She had a uh, her appendix ruptured, and you know, she had to be she was in the hospital for like ten days. And then right after that, someone very very close to me got diagnosed with cancer, and then they fought it, and I was very very you know, really intricately involved in that whole process. Of fighting the cancer, watching this person deteriorate, then they passed away. Then I got divorced, uh, and going through that whole process, and it was this was a this is something that was uh, that I constantly you know asked myself like what it first of all wh- what's the key to being happy, and then number two like what is happiness? And for me, and I don't know the answer, so I'm not pretending to know the answer at all. But what helped me a lot was I was able to divide this into a couple different things. One of them was that I. Really realize that there are physical feelings of anxiety, depression, paranoia, happiness, and there are emotional feelings that are uh, to those things, and they're all they can all be connected. So what I mean by that is, think of anxiety. Let's just talk about anxiety for a second. You can you can have like anxious thoughts and worries in your mind, right? You can also have physical symptoms of anxiety. Like I could give you a drug. Uh, that I could give you speed or something that speeds up your heart, makes your hands sweat, and gives you the physical sensations of anxiety. Now, the physical sensations of anxiety are also very similar to the same sensations you get when you're excited, happy, or in love. But uh, they're also the same feelings you get, similar feelings you get when you're stressed or worried or anxious. And so I started to think to myself, you know, and because I'm in fitness, this was easy for me to, to put this together, I am going to make sure that I have the physical feelings of happiness. So I'm going to get that out of the way because the physical feelings of sad, depression, you know, physically feeling shitty can easily make you feel emotionally shitty. Like eating shitty food, not moving, not getting sunshine, not getting good sleep. Those will make you physically feel bad, which then can feed the whole emotional mental component. And then it becomes this whole cycle, right? Mm -hmm. Now you feel depressed emotionally on top of physically feeling depressed now you don't want to move even more, and right. you feed into it, and you get into this whole cycle. So, number one is do all the things that are easy, and I don't mean easy in the sense that they're like they're easy, like you can do them. They're simple, like eat right, exercise, get sunshine, get good sleep, have good relationships with people. Make sure that your physical body, uh, which is the filter for a lot of stuff, is feeling good. Mm-hmm. Then you all you really have to deal with is the emotional, mental component and that is was a much more difficult for me to deal with and more recently i've changed the question so i used to ask myself you know how can i like what can i do to make sure i'm happy all the time like how can i feel happy and content all the time and i changed that because i think there's a mistake there i don't think you're supposed to be happy all the time i think mm-hmm. that that's false i think that's I a i was going to bring that up yeah. yeah i don't think you're supposed to be happy i think what you're what's the I the think key. that's a
0: mistake a lot of people have these days that um i mean that's that's the optimal state that everybody like emotionally, like they want to be in a happy state,
1: right? Yeah, you you can't be happy and and, and joyful all the time. That's that's a first of all, if you're always joyful, then you're not joyful because right. Joy and happiness only, well, It's going to diminish the value. Well, what joy. I mean by that is it only exists because you understand that it's a it's it's a state of mind that's in contrast to the opposite. Yeah, just like you know what the color you know you know what uh, black is because you know what light is, yeah. you know what happy is because you know what sad is. If you never knew sadness, you would never know happiness. So that's yeah. number one. Number two, to really feel, I guess, uh, good about your life, and it doesn't mean happy, but just feel good. The key, I think, at least what I'm starting to find is. I have to as I'm looking for meaning. Yeah. What's the it's, meaning? It's
0: all purpose-based. That's, th- that's how I feel. Like I I feel like to achieve happiness, like I'm always striving to feed into my purpose. And whether that's you know, doing things for other people, which I know I get a reward from that as far as like the feeling of happy when I can see people around me that are happy and their emotional state is, is good. And, you know, that, that definitely will affect me personally. But the thing is, you know, there's times where people hurt and there's times where, you know, shit doesn't go your way. And, um, like you have to have resiliency and you have to be able to feel different feelings, but you you, 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 the ability to be able to channel yourself and regroup and then, and then find your way back to happy. Like, I think that's the important, uh, a lesson in this is that there's a way to mentally, um, recreate that and to, to get back to that, that optimal state. But, um, I mean, it's like training, it's, it's like eating, it's like, it's like everything else. Like it, you can't just do the same thing. You can't operate on the same mode all the time. That's just not reality.
1: Well, think about it this way. Like if you're if you're just like focused like I need to be happy all the time. That's my goal in life to be happy because that's what people say, right? What's your goal in life? To be happy. What happens when something bad happens? Because it will. Life isn't perfect for anybody. I don't care. Even the richest people, the people who think I have everything, they've got challenges too, right? They're they're it's their challenges. They might not be there, your challenges, but it's theirs. What happens when you have a day where shit goes wrong? Well, now you're not happy, and now you feel even worse because you're not happy. Like, I shouldn't feel sad. I need to feel happy. How can I make myself feel happy? And you're constantly chasing this feeling that really is just a state of being a human. Now, flip that. What if I was searching for meaning? Now, when something bad happens, I lose Mm -hmm. a loved one, I get sick, I get injured, I lose my job, You know, divorce, whatever— I understand I'm not going to be happy, but I'm looking for meaning in it. Meaning in it, you know, what can I get from this? How can I grow from this? What can I learn from this? Mm -hmm. What what does this mean for me? Look for meaning in things, and then you'll find that uh, life becomes, uh, it just becomes different. It it becomes less, I, I guess less challenging is the word, but I don't even like to use that because it's always challenging, right? Yeah. So meaning, that's my answer. There you go. That
2: was a lot of answer for somebody who said he wasn't very certain about it. <laughs> I,
0: you know,
1: it, it changes,
0: right? Yeah.
2: I. Um, it's a deep question. I'm going to have to disagree a little bit here. Um, that, first of all, this is this, I love this shit. I mean, I love talking about uh, ego, perspective, philosophy. Like, um, I think we can be happy. I think we can be happy all the time, and I think the key to that is perspective and finding the silver lining. I think that yeah, uh,
1: it's finding meaning. It sounds like.
2: Yeah, it's perspective, right? Um, so,
1: <laughs> is that the same thing? Kind of. You 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 danced around yeah, it left it, yeah, or right, it's and lining,
2: dude. Uh, gave a lot of certainties in there. But uh, I definitely think that um, you can be happy, and I think that's something that um, I think we're always striving to to do this. And I think it's very challenging. I think Katrina is amazing at this. It's part of why she makes an incredible partner for me because. I I still am very uh, emotional and let things uh, react to things that, that seem devastating to me, right? A death in the family. How can you find happiness in that, Adam? Like, how can you find happiness in so-and-so close to you dying? Or how can you find happiness in losing a job or you know, getting fired or all these things that happen in life? And I absolutely think you can. I think in, in everything that seems so daunting or stressful or heartbreaking to us, there is there is good that can come of it. and I think learning to find that right away is the real challenge. And I think some of us that uh, that try to practice this or or pay attention to this ultimately find that and let's let's use your divorce for an example. like you you bring up that being like one of the most probably you've been through probably one of the most challenging times you've ever been in the last year, right? I think you would agree with that. And the, the only real difference between you today and you the day after that all happened is your mindset. Nothing physically. In fact, I bet you if you really think about it, like it's a lot of things good have came of course. F- come from that. Of course. And we sometimes are blinded by uh by self and our ego. And when we get hit with these things, our ego starts to tell us like, oh my God, I failed as a father. Oh my God, I'm not good enough. Oh my God, like all these things. But in reality, it's like, what if you said like oh my God, this is going to be an incredible opportunity. Oh my God. Like my life is going to get so much better today. Oh my God. Like what if you flipped it on its head when we had scenarios like that? And I think that's what we're all trying to get at. And we're trying to get to that level. And I think it requires incredible perspective. I think it requires incredible self-awareness and you will always be battling your ego in this situation. And, um, and I think happiness is defined differently by everybody. I think yeah. that uh, your level of it is is really truly up to you. Like you could be the happiest per- person in life, and you do not need to do anything different but change your perspective.
0: But you know, but it's okay to be sad. I think you know what I mean. Like it's okay to be angry. It's okay to have like of course these yeah. other emotions attached.
1: Uh, it's just, it's all on how you react, right? There's a, there's a reason why it, emo- those emotions exist. Right. And, and, you know, I tell you what, you know, when we had Justin Ren in here and he talked about, you know, working with the, um, with the pygmies and how he was trying to explain his depression to them and how he wanted to commit suicide. And it was, it wasn't that they didn't understand him, Like they were thinking like, Oh, you should be happy. That doesn't make sense. They didn't understand the concept. It was baffling to them, mm-hmm. and I've actually read about this and heard about this many, many times. How in many of these, you know, what we consider primitive societies, they don't experience things like depression. At least not in our in our terminology, right? They don't experience these anxieties and depressions and and uh, and fears in the same ways that we do. And I, you know, you got to ask yourself why. I'm sure there's a modern living component. I'm sure there's a we focus on. So many different things at what time, you know, type component. But I also think that there's this mentality that we've attached to modern Western life where we're constantly telling people to be happy. Like, you have to fucking be happy. Everything's got to be great all the time rather than saying... There's meaning in things and learn from things and grow from things. And I really do think, Adam, what you're saying is it, it really another way of saying that is yeah. when something bad happens, you look at it and you grow from it. And what you is s- the meaning behind it? You assess it
0: and you know, Absolutely. Like how are going to react yeah. to it? Because yeah. I think when perspective you, when you do yeah.
1: that, I think when you do that, um, it changes what that particular situation then means to you rather than this horrible thing just happened to me. Wow, I just got so sick that you know, I wasn't able to work out for three months and I can't do any, or maybe even something devastating, like, you know, I lost a limb in a car accident or I'm paralyzed, like, and you, and you like, you could look at it and be like, this horrible thing just happened to me. Or you can say, okay, this horrible thing happened to me. What can I, well, how can I grow from this? And what does this mean for me? And how do, can I change things? It's interesting. There, there's uh, the there's story of, uh, was it that guy, that rock climber? he's the amputee that rock climbs and you watch his interviews and it's like, it's all about meaning for him. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's all about like, he doesn't look like, he doesn't look at himself and think he's uh, at a disadvantage. He realizes there's a disadvantage in some cases, right? But he also says that it's an advantage in many other cases. And um, uh, more and more when you're talking to these kinds of, because I don't think, I don't think you should go to the person that has everything and ask them, what the secret uh, to happiness is. I think you should go to the person who in your eyes has nothing, but seems to be happy. Yeah. They seem to be. I mean,
2: that's to me, the, the pygmy story is a great example of what I was saying with perspective is the reason why they couldn't connect with him about why he would kill himself is because from, from their perspective, every day is a struggle to live. Mm -hmm. So why would you ever think about taking a life that you're fighting for every Mm -hmm. day? so that 's their perspective, and for him he what 's our perspective? I get up in the morning, I turn on my Instagram, and it 's the guy with the fast car and the cool chicks and the bikinis and the throwing money up in the air and all the traveling all over the world and like that 's my perspective of what happiness is and you how have strange to, is that right that 's why I, I just did a post not that long ago about det- and that's why I, I know sometimes my, some of my posts don 't get likes because it 's in my head, and when I put it out i 'm not the best at fucking articulating what i 'm trying to say, but that, that's what I meant by detachment and perspective is learning to detach yourself from your fucking little bubble and, and have perspective on your life. And once you learn to do that, uh, I believe that happiness will follow. And I think that's what we're we're all trying to do. And we it's in our society, it's harder than ever because of all the distractions that we have with being present. And the pygmy was a perfect example of somebody they don't have any of those distractions, well, and they solely are focused on survival, therefore, somebody that would take a life, their own life seems so counterproductive to what they they thrive for every day. It's
1: interesting because it's like you're you base your own value and worth um on how on other people. Mm-hmm. You look at other people and you compare and that will mm-hmm. tell you if you're doing you know that you'll think to yourself like, oh I'm doing good or I'm doing bad based on these other people. But the reality is if I go back, if I just go back you know, hundred years, one hundred and fifty years, and take a person from there and put them in the average. You know, put them in middle class well, America. Yeah. They would be like, "Wow, this is utopia!" Like, right. are you kidding me? You have heat and cool on demand. I have food that I can eat whenever I want. You I could have, be
2: entertained by your phone in your
1: hand like at all would, times. They would like, be. It would be ridiculous. But you know, yeah. here's a here's a question I want to ask you guys. What is your definition? Like, what do you? What is feeling happy? Mean because I think when people think happy, they think joy. Like, oh my God, I'm so happy. You know, I, I started kind of redefining it a little bit because that does exist too, right? Where you're mm-hmm. joyful, like, you know, oh, I just won the lottery. I mean, that would be fucking joy. For right? For me, ah. it's like I, I feel filled. Yes,
0: peace, right? Yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm like, yeah. I guess it's it's the the absence of fear and stress and anxiety. Like for me, it's I feel filled because I know I've tapped in and I've honed in on on, you know, purpose and and meaning. And and like I get up in the morning and I have other people counting on me and I'm 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 you know, I'm hitting my marks and I'm doing things, you know, in 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 the right order. and, And things are kind of playing out the way that, you know, I feel like. I, I wanted this to go, and that that fills me up, and then I get to, to higher highs, and then I, I, I kind of level out, but um, yeah, joy is definitely, that's, I feel like joy should be more sporadic to where it's like, oh, wow, like, you just get really charged.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the same for me, it's that feeling of, like, peace, you know, like, you feel... I don't, contents the wrong word. I guess filled would probably be, well, the that's reason, a great word. The dude. reason why that
2: they're all wrong words is because they're words, dude. They're made up fucking words. To explain a feeling. Exactly. <laughs> like, let's be fucking honest here. We could say, it's the wrong t- word, dude. We could, we could sit around this campfire all day yeah. and fucking talk about what's more right or who's more right. At the, and I think it's just, like I said, it's just, it's simpler than that. It's like, there's happiness in everything. Even the most challenging, worst day of your life, there's happiness within it. Well,
0: you're you alive.
2: I mean, you could deduce it down to that. There's a million ways yeah. you can, right? And I think trying to put a label on it is the first mistake. I think just- if you're dead, you're not happy. Right? Is, find the or sil- maybe you are. <laughs> maybe find, you are happy. Find yeah. the silver lining Damn in it. everything. Find the silver lining in everything. Detach yourself. Have better perspective. It's All funny, right. too,
1: because uh, the statistics will show that people who are- And people laugh whenever these, these numbers come out. Men who are married live longer than men who are single. Uh, men who have children live longer than men who don't. And people say, "Well, how the fuck is that possible?" Because marriage and children like, is like some of the most with me. Yeah, but I think it might be that I mm-hmm. think. And, Cause and you have purpose. And people yeah. who go but to church,
2: but you can create that without children yeah. and without a marriage if you, you know can. how to. Right? Exactly. Yeah. I you just gotta think, be more active. Exactly. About it. it happens for you. Exactly. You and
1: I, th- and, you know, people yeah. who go to church regularly mm-hmm. tend mm-hmm. to live longer and be healthier too. Yeah, uh, they uh, tapped into the meaning. One of the things, uh, in fact, when they do these big studies on the blue zones, uh, where you know areas where people live disproportionately longer than than everywhere else in the world one of the key things they find in common with all these areas of the world is that they have very good close social networks and they all have a sense of purpose that's literally maybe that's, what
2: it says maybe that's a really good word for it, right the p- purpose i like purpose there because i feel like in every bad situation every good there's you have a purpose within that right mm-hmm. like there and you can throw me any Devastating thing that could have possibly happened to you. And What's then the I, purpose of it? Yeah, what is the purpose of it? Where's your purpose? So I mean, I think there's, I don't know. You could go around all day long on words with this shit, but purpose.
0: I think P-p-p-purpose.
2: I, I, think, I think too often people try and define it, try and seek for it when it's right in your fucking face. I mean, it, it's in it's happiness is in front of you every single day. You just choose to to accept it or not.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh Listen, go to mindpumpmedia.com, enroll in thirty days of coaching. It's still Free. So what happens here? Here's what happens. Every single day you get an email with a subject, whether it's fat, protein, carbs, whether it's mobility, strength, it could be, you know, wellness, meditation. We cover that subject and then we link you to podcast episodes that we've covered that subject in detail and we timestamp them. So, you know, from minute five, you know, 37 to don't minute mushroom stamp them. 15, <laughs> yeah. you get you, you. That's when we talk about that particular subject. It's absolutely free. You just go to mindpumpmedia.com and opt in. Also, find us on Instagram. When we answer these questions on these Q&A episodes, that's where we get the questions is from our Instagram. It's at Radio. Now you can find my personal page at mindpumpsal. You can find Adam's personal page at mindpumpadam. And Justin is at mindpumpjustin.
3: Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic